0: But, oh, I know you. I know all three of you. Yeah, Spawn Ranch.
1: Spawn Ranch, yeah. Woo! I don't know your name, but I remember that hair. And you, I remember your
2: white little face.
1: And you were on a horsey. Yeah. Uh,
2: you are? I'm the devil.
0: I'm here to do the devil's business. No, nah, I was dumber than that. Something like Rex. Kachoot him, Tex! Tex! presented by the good people at the Bawd Belly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be
1: alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history, protect Denver us from the Central University. University, a study on the Y-Central a study on the Y-Central University, University. study on Everybody, All the details about the line that we had in our possession had in our possession.
0: There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's a problem. Tennessee from Tennessee. This is Shame on. Shame Shame on you. Shame on you. If fool me can't get fooled again. If fool can't get
1: fooled again. Get get it ready for the the golden, the golden recluse. The over golden here. recluse. That's a good <laughs> one. I thought yeah. say the golden goose. You're the golden goose. The golden recluse. I like that. Alright, All right. ready. And one, two.
2: Boop. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, live from Burbank, California.
1: I'm just getting out of here. It's Art and Jacob to America. Uh, live. Featuring. Art and Jacob, <laughs> featuring the Golden Recluse Art Trejo <laughs> and the Whiteno himself, Jacob Ernesto Pickston. Have you ever been to one of those live recordings of like those like like Jimmy Kimmel or anything like that? No, but I want to. Oh, they're fun, do free, but um, except for Ellen, I think. No, Ellen's free too, but then it's like a waiting list to get on. Oh, uh, they're all well. Technically, they're all waiting lists, but uh-huh. like um.
2: Like, they hype you up like that. Like, they're uh-huh. like, all right, once we do this, you guys are going to get up and start screaming and lose your fucking minds. Oh, and really? Like, yeah, and, like, so, like, once they do that, like, you don't know, like, <laughs> how much you're going to lose your minds. Like, like okay, this is the part where we calm down. Like, because they've been hyping you up now for, like, the last 30 minutes. of like, all right, you got to clap. You got to be the best crowd ever. And you try your best, but it's just sometimes you don't know when to, like, laugh or clap or, like, boo someone or like trump comes on and you want to boo him, and it's like <laughs> you're like wait a minute i don't want to fucking cheer this asshole on yeah, yeah sometimes it's like i don't know are we just making fun of trump for being fat now It's <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> i don't know
1: you got an orange asshole yeah man it's fun it's fun you got to do it they're free so yeah speaking of watching people live make sure you watch us live Every week on Facebook Live and sometimes Instagram and always on YouTube. So uh, check us out on Art and Jacob do America. Fucking, it's finally Art and Jacob do America because the last two weeks it was, we're not sure about America and then Keith and Jacob do America. So I would like to welcome back Art Trejo to the podcast. Crazy. What's up, America? I hope you you ain't ready for this, America. <laughs> so it's, we were busy. You know, it was the Thanksgiving holiday. So how was your Thanksgiving, dude? I haven't seen you in like fucking three weeks. Um, It was cool, man. It was really chill. It was just nice to fucking hang out with family. Yeah, that's what this season's all about. Like, I feel like, like... This season, like, I'm not trying to, like, you know, worry about, oh, I got to get the perfect gift for so-and-so, because it's like, fuck, I have a kid on the way. Like, I'm more concentrated on that. I told everybody, you're just getting a gift card, and we're just visiting, you know what I'm saying? Like, for Thanksgiving, like, I didn't do the whole, like, oh, fuck, I got to make sure, like, I bring this and do this, and I got to eat this and whatnot. Like, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to chill, hang out, take it slow, take it easy, if you will, like the Eagles song. True. Just just enjoy this moment, because we don't because you never know you never know what's that puff Puff daddy song like i know you know what i'm talking about like like it's like right after fucking biggie died or whatever oh um missing you yeah there you go (laughs) you lace the track i dropped the beat (laughs) (laughs) play that at my funeral everybody but anyways welcome to episode 131 Of The Art and Jacob Do America podcast. This week, we will be talking about the best of 2019. But before we get into that, I would like to give a special shout out to our sponsors. So first, right off of the top, shout out to Caveman Coffee. Uh, make sure you go to cavemancoffeeco.com because uh, some of you guys are just going to Caveman Coffee and downloading some illegal uh, internet porn. But make sure it's cavemancoffeeco.com and entering promo code America for 15% off. They got some really cool um, packages uh, for the Christmas season. Uh, so check those out. You know, for all the caffeineaholics you have out there in your lives, you know, just get a little gift package for them. Enter our promo code for 15% off of that. And hey, they make great gifts, man. Fuck yeah. Because the
2: season, you don't want to be out there in the mall right now. Hell Just no. go to cavemancoffee.com,
1: type in America, get that 15% off, get yourself a deal. And I think to, to today, as of we're recording, it's December seventh. So I, I've heard uh, yesterday somebody texted me or DM'd me saying that hey, they they ship pretty fast because I guess they did enter the promo code um, on a Wednesday and they got it on a Saturday. So hey, fuck yeah! Like Art said, you don't have to worry about fucking surviving the Bakersfield shootout, at the Valley yeah, Plaza man. Mall. You we've just had a, we've had a shootout here, man. I know. Fucking that's the that's the theme of twenty nineteen mm-hmm. right here. Just a shootout every fucking day, right? But anyways, go to Caveman Coffee. Speaking of shootouts, go to Caveman Coffee and a promo code AMERICA. And then also, to make sure you check out Bite Back CBD, the best CBD in all of the land, and using promo code AMERICA as well. And while you're at it, just mix the two products together. um, And, hey, have your ass feeling. Tip-top magoo, baby. Get your your morning going, man. Hell, yeah. Or night if you get the nighttime one. Yeah.
2: Then oh, it's a uh, caffeine-free shit, man. Oh, you mean the lavender-infused one? Lavender-infused. Oh, I love the lavender. I should have taken some of that last night so I can just smell it out.
1: Dude, and it's like the weather's been awesome, too. Yeah. Like, it's been raining and whatnot. Put your jammies on, take some Ooh. lavender, Ooh. fall asleep watching some Ooh. Sabrina. <laughs> oh, I'm leaking liquids out of my nipples right now just <laughs> thinking about that. <laughs> that sounds like a good night to me, man.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways, also, a real quick shout-out. Um, I recently did an episode of It's Getting Weird, uh, so check that out. I believe they're on the Podbelly directory as well. We're Because we're also on the Podbelly network. Uh, so make sure you check us out as well. Some other great podcasts as well as We're Not Sure N- Yet. All Things Star Wars, The Multiverse of Stephen King, um, Hillbilly Horror Stories. You can check them out. was yep. on topic. But anyways, go to the directory as well and check out um, It's Getting Weird. I recently did an uh, episode with them where I told... For the one millionth time, the possession mm. of my house that I grew up in. <laughs> and the cool thing about them is is they uh, they sent me some Palo Alto, oh, Palo Santo uh, some wood. Some Palos. Some Palos, way. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I did their episode, I believe, on a Thursday. And on the Saturday, like, I got the Palo Santo wood. And I guess, like, you're supposed to burn it. And it will bless your whole area. So, shout out to them for sending me this in the mail. And, yeah, good <laughs> guys, man. <laughs> Anyways, Art. 2019. 2019, man. It was crazy.
2: Yeah. It actually was pretty crazy, man. It's gone by real quick, right? It, it's, it's been... What would you say? If you just had to say this is a good year or a bad year? You're having a baby. It's got to be a good year. It's
1: pretty good Although year. your baby's probably going to be born next year, so that'll probably be the better year. Yeah. It was pointed out to me. His due date is uh, February 2nd. And I believe Greg's mom pointed this out to me, where it's just like it's supposed to be 2202 or 22 or whatever, and like reversed or whatever. It's supposed to be 2020. I don't know. There's a bunch of O's and twos in there or whatever, right? Oh, that's some numerology bullshit. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep going, Greg's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Greg's mom. But, yeah, that's really exciting. But, yeah, he won't be here till February 2nd. But, um, yeah, for me, 2019, I'm just thankful that it wasn't one of those dark years where it's just like, you know, you, like, I think back to 2011. Like, that's like my worst year of my yeah. whole life. But, like, it's one of those years where it wasn't too outstanding for me but that's okay because i had a lot going on but it wasn't depressing at all for me so like it it was like in between year but i'm thankful for that like at this moment in time i don't want a lot of excitement but how about you bro it's a weird year
2: man it was up and down year for me i don't know for me it's a forgettable year i'm already like ready to go on to 2020 yeah so not at all a year i want to
1: i'm I'm glad it's over i'll just say that yeah i am i am looking to looking forward to 2020 so possibly a new president possibly you know there's a lot of perks about 2020 man i feel like we're i feel like we're ending it
2: on a high note that Mm -hmm. i will say about 2019 like you know there's a lot of ups and downs i think we're ending it on a high note where i feel like you know, Trump's looking like he might be getting impeached. Um, we just yeah. lost
1: all of our conservative listeners. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Do we have conservative listeners? Keep, like, dude, that, that's strength, man. That's fucking tiger strength when you can listen to our podcast consecutive. Like, if you can listen to a couple hours of us and be that conservative, we're like, well, you say some pretty conservative shit sometimes. You go, yeah. you, you go pretty anti-Asian-American. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're not talking about Star Wars this week, sir. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, yeah, God bless all of our conservative uh, listeners, dude. Speaking of, I was watching this movie. Um, it's called Longshot. It's that movie with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. And it's funny because like he plays like this super like liberal like journalist, like obviously it's Seth Rogen or whatever. Uh-huh. But he lands, you know, a presidential candidate and Charlize Theron and whatnot. But like uh-huh. his best friend in the movie is like Ice Cube's son. And all throughout the movie, like Ice Cube's Sun's like giving him advice or whatever. And spoiler alert if you haven't watched this movie, but it doesn't really spoil a lot. But like at the end or towards the end, like when it's like the turmoil of the movie, um, Ice Cube's son comes out as like super Republican and it like blows like Seth Rogen's mind in the movie because like he's super like liberal or whatnot. And, like, it's a good message because it's just like, okay, you got, like, these two different trains of thought or whatever, but, like, they're helping each other out in the movie. So mm-hmm. I, Steve Choi, one of our guests, he, he brought that up. He goes, that's what makes the world so unique is, like, these different trains of thought, and we each learn from each other. So shout out to all of our conservatives. Even though we don't think that way, we still love you. That movie was only in theaters for, like, a week. I remember I tried to
2: see that. Mm-hmm. Didn't make it then make it that week. It's on HBO. Oh, is it? Yeah okay.
1: it, it's it's it, it, it's it's a movie to watch with your girl. okay. but speaking of movies, art, you want to get into your favorite movies of twenty. Let's do it, man. All right, brother. So usually like we'll make these lists and whatnot. and I get a little bit of regimen with it, and it takes up the whole episode for like three hours. But I said, art, let's do a little bit more free form. So you were saying it earlier before we started recording. Um, you kind of just named all the movies that kind of just stood out to you um, in your mind. So, do you want to start off? Just with any random movie? Yeah, just any random movie, bro. All
2: right. One, the definitely sick. Last year, we talked about Bohemian Rhapsody, right? I mm-hmm. was not a fan of Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought it was kind of a lot. It felt like a lot of bullshit. Like, it should have mm-hmm. just been called Freddie Mercury or something. Like, <laughs> And even yeah. then, it was like a poorly told story. But I love. One of my favorite movies of this year was Rocket Man. Dude, I have that on my list as well. Just because that is how you fucking tell a story. Like, people are just getting lazier and lazier with like telling those like biopic kind of movies. Mm -hmm. Like, not since The Doors have we seen like someone be like that fucking aggressive with like, this is how I want to tell their story. Mm -hmm. And they told it right. Like, that shit was Elton John like flamboyant. Like, let's face it, like Elton John is flamboyant. The movie itself was flamboyant. Yes. It, It told his story. The way I think he would have wanted his story to be told. Yeah. One, one and he's review- alive, so they probably asked him and said yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, one thing that I saw too was like somebody that was really close to Freddie Mercury. Uh-huh. They said if Freddie Mercury was still alive, that's how how he would have wanted Bohemian Rhapsody to come out. So Really? Yeah. And boring? No, 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 no. no. He would want <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody to be like Rocket Man. Oh, oh okay. Because <laughs> Rocket Man's so cool. It's actually like my number six movie that I have on my list. Yeah. Um it, it it's not like a regu- like you know walk the line or straight out of Compton where it's just it's telling like a chronological narrative and that's i, cool. I think i think
2: shredded Compton kind of ruined it for future biopic movies cuz that one was so good and it told the story in a straight up linear way very mm-hmm. predictable but it was shocking to a lot of
1: people at heart
2: yeah yeah but that one ruined it for everyone else cuz now everyone else just wants to do that same format and mm-hmm. you can't do
1: that same no. format you got to switch it up a little bit and that's the genius of rocket man where it's telling like that chronological uh narrative but at the same time like it has like a little bit of artistic flair where like Elton John's playing the piano and all of a sudden he just starts levitating and it's almost like like listening to a Pink Floyd record if mm-hmm. you will and that's what I really appreciated because you don't get bored of it. And I, I get bored of watching like movies like even though it's a really good movie, like Walk the Line, like you you already know how this story ends, you know, like there's no reason to keep going back to it. You're like, all right, that's what happened with Johnny Cash. That's what happened with NWA. But like with Rocket Man, like I, I bought it. I, I bought that movie, like a physical copy of it, because it's just like, man, I wanna I wanna see that 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 moment, you know, where he played Dodger Stadium and whatnot. And it's just like it's very visually appealing, but then like, it talks to your heart as well. Yeah. And the thing I will say, too, is I'm glad you brought up Bohemian Rhapsody. Rami Malek got a whole lot of good praise for his portrayal of Freddie Mercury. but And I, he did a good job. I'm not going to shit on him. But to me, when I watch Bohemian Rhapsody, it's me watching an actor play Freddie Mercury. When I watch Joel Egerton, I believe his name is, play Elton John, I forget it's an actor. I think I'm actually watching Elton John. Young Elton John.
2: I don't know how he did it, but he just put weight on his face, like without really gaining weight throughout his entire body. Correct. Yeah, it was weird. And then like you know, once like the fucking his hair started falling out or whatever, Mm. like they do a good job of doing that, like because they bring that up during the movie that is like hair falls out of like age twenty two or some shit Mm -hmm. like that. So like, just really really good movie. Like perfectly told story, flamboyant the way Elton John is, and Mm -hmm. just. It didn't feel like they were just doing fan service. The way Bohemian Rhapsody is ending their movie on a fucking concert and like it might as I I don't know. I I did not like Bohemian Rhapsody, but this kind of did justice to the biopic movie where Correct. it was like, let's tell it unlike other stories. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So I'm glad
1: we're on the same page on that one. Fuck yeah. And that's how I started my list yeah. off actually too. All oh, right on. <laughs> All right, so go ahead with your next one, man. Since that's we pretty uh, much started the same. <laughs> let
2: me think. Um I'll just go down the list, I guess, of the way I wrote them. Uh, Spider-Man came out this year. Now, Spider-Man had the toughest task I think any movie's ever had to do, and it's t- to fucking follow Endgame, yeah. which is like... A monster of a movie. Yeah. Titanic on steroids. <laughs> yeah, it was like, how do you follow something that's been leading up now for the last, like, 12 years, like, mm-hmm. of movies and, like... There's people that were, you know, kids that were like nine years old when, now they're not, old enough to boat and drink or whatever. Like mm-hmm. when
1: when Avengers finally kicks off, and this is the movie that had to follow that, man. Yeah, so- and it has to clean up a lot of stuff too. Like you see that a lot with movies that you know follow like uh, an order, like uh-huh. the Marvel universe, or yeah. in a, a very lesser extent the DC universe, or even like you know I'll reference wrestling here, like you like after a huge pay per view or even the UFC as well, like they'll have like a huge pay-per-view, but then there'll be like a a, a hangover period where it's just like, okay, the product's not going to be as good because we're just going to tie up a lot of loose ends before we start the next boom. But Spider-Man Far From Home, dare I say, is almost as good as Endgame, if not sometimes a little bit better because it's a very well-told story. And most of the story doesn't take place in you know the friendly neighborhood of New York, or whatnot. No, it's like overseas. You're going to fucking Milan or wherever he is at in Italy or whatnot. You're going to Prague. You're going to all these places. And on paper, I'm thinking like, Oh man, this might be the one Spider-Man movie. That's not that great. But no, this movie was awesome
2: from the, from his Spider-Man, like portrayal of this Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, well, I don't. I don't acknowledge. I don't acknowledge the Andrew Garfield ones. Oh yeah, those are, <laughs> I didn't. I never even watched those. They look really bad. They and were on in I the so, break room at Target one time. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, ah. Oh, and then it this. had
1: Jamie Foxx as like Electro or whatever. It looked yeah. so bad. Yeah. I. Yeah. I don't acknowledge those. Yeah, man.
2: But great movie. Uh, so difficult to follow up. I guess my next one would probably be uh, Avengers. Like, mm-hmm. just because Avengers was probably the most epic. I think you posted it on our uh, Facebook. And it was really tough for me to pick a movie like that was bigger. Like, no movie this year had a bigger like impact than this one, probably because it did. It make the most of any movie. I assume it did. It (laughs) It took like
1: two days for it to get to two billion worldwide, which is. I mean, yeah, inflation, but, like, I mean, even when they do, like, the the adjusted numbers, like, compared to, like, the original Star Wars, like, even Star Wars didn't even measure up to it. But, again, like, it's just this juggernaut of a franchise, and it lived up to it. Like, that's the one thing, too, like, when there's so much pressure on a movie, like, let's say, like, Batman or whatever, like, The Last Batman with Christian Bale. I personally loved that a lot, but it didn't have the same rewatch value i would say with like Endgame, where it's just like man okay there's a lot of stuff like i missed you know the first or second time around that i watched it in theaters where it's just like oh okay that's referencing something that happened you know in the incredible hulk this is referencing something that you know the original iron man movie like there's a lot of nice little easter eggs that you know get planted throughout that rewards you for watching you know the past movies
2: yeah and but even if you didn't you can just walk into those and it's still a great movie just I, I I you're right okay like, I was surprised how well it lived up to the hype mm-hmm. living up to the hype is one of the most difficult things and one movie that's not going to be on either one of our list because we' were recording it prior to this is, is the upcoming Star Wars movie yeah and that upcoming Star Wars movie is living up to movies since the 70s of mm-hmm. Star Wars coming out you know and it's I I find it difficult to believe that it's gonna live up to that hype I'm walking into it completely optimistic and I'm hoping for the best but I feel find it so difficult this Mm -hmm. one you know this is the next thing of like hey let's try to build something a world a universe that big the marvel universe
1: and with marvel too is like the expectation that every movie that they produce is gonna be like an all-time classic like we are currently living in an era where i don't know i've ever seen these this many like good blockbuster movies come out like In our childhood, like, we think back to, like, you know, Jurassic Park. Like, that was a great blockbuster. But then you think of, like, Independence Day. Like, that was good during the time, like, in 96. But when you rewatch it, like, on TNT, you know, on a Saturday night, like, it's not that good, you know? Yeah. And I feel like we're living, like, in a golden era right now where these movies are going to be timeless. Like, my children are going to watch these 20 years from now and be satisfied. Well,
2: CGI has made movies. You can make movies a lot faster with CGI, you know? and. Mm -hmm. You can bring back actors back to life with CGI. <laughs> yeah. And, like, um, I mean, that's still, like, yet to find out. Because we still... Like, if you watch Independence Day now, it looks fucking terrible. Like, there's a scene where the dog is jumping away from a wall <laughs> of fire. And you can clearly see that the dog is, like, jumping off of a wooden box with, like, fake fire behind it, you know? yeah, And so... um we don't know yet. We don't know what this movie's gonna look like twenty years from now. Even like the Hulk, the first Hulk that came out was mm-hmm. like, God, that looks so bad compared to like Thanos today.
1: But I'm willing to like swallow the bad, quote unquote, CGI if it's a good story. Like Jurassic, the first Jurassic. Oh Park, yeah, yeah. These are good stories. Yeah. Yeah, it's great stories. Like, I mean, and my whole point is like, even we watch like a movie like Captain Marvel, which isn't one of the best Marvel movies. But you know you rewatch it and it's like oh okay that's cool it doesn't live up to you know the classicness of you know an Iron Man or the Avengers or even the the Spider Man movie Far From yeah. Home, but like that's like how well of a position these movies are in that it's just like every the expectation every time is to be a ten out of a ten classic and I think with Spider Man and Avengers End Game they really knocked it out of the park and spider-man was my number four movie on my list and avengers was my number three movie on my list
2: oh damn so i didn't write them down in like list form i just went like dude let me just write them all down um, i think we ping-ponged with this yeah. like with my
1: music like yeah. i didn't do this but with my movies i did because i had like a definite like narrative on true. it true um but for to complete my little yeah uh, go for six it through four through three um the in between this the the sandwich if you will if I can say, Um, DC has had some fucking dumb shit movies come out, right? Yeah. Um, My number five movie that I have on my list was Shazam. And it's appropriate that I bring it up this time of year because it's basically a Christmas movie that came out in April, I want to say. And I remember my girlfriend and I, we got, like, advanced tickets to watch it. And I was like, you know what? It's a free date. You know, fuck it. Let's go watch it. You know, worst case scenario, like, we can just walk out and, like, go to fucking what burger or something <laughs> you know yeah. just get food afterwards you know and just walk out but no i was really impressed with shazam and i had zero expectations of it because it's a dc university movie mm-hmm. but had everything that we were talking about um rocket man it had heart you actually cared about the characters in this movie and it was a really well told movie i don't know if you saw it or not i never saw it uh, well,
2: but i, 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 I heard were, it was good yeah i mean i heard it was good i i, I want to see it still but
1: I, I haven't seen it like if if you were to ask me because here's the thing with it like it came out um within the same time frame as captain marvel um yeah comic book nerds if you will uh kevin i'm looking at you um will know that the captain marvel you know the Mar- the one the marvel universe and shazam have the same name even though they're part of two different universes shazam's yeah, yeah. real name is captain marvel mm-hmm. so th- i thought that was cool that you know one week you get Shazam, aka Captain Marvel, and then the next week you're gonna get Marvel's version of Captain Marvel. But yeah. and this one was actually better than the Marvel version of it. So shout out to DC. Just keep doing that. And I'm sure another DC produced movie will come up later. <laughs> mm, oh yeah. <laughs> I was like looking at my list. It's only on my wall,
2: sir. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um I'm trying to think. Okay, so Um, I don't know if you saw Shadow. Speaking of movies, we probably haven't seen. (laughs) I I would assume... You saw Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Yes, I have seen that. Okay, so I remember when I was like a little kid. How old was I? I was still like early high school, I want to say, when Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out. Yeah. I want to say so. Maybe junior high, I would say. Yeah, Yeah. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But it came out similar time to like Kill Bill. Mm -hmm. This is a time where I was like super in love with like... Just because Kill Bill... I felt like those two movies were so like... Entwine, and then also the movie hero came out later on mm-hmm. um just there was so much like you know like chinese samurai kind of vibe in those movies yeah. so to know that that same director the crouching tiger hidden dragon and hero and like now he's doing this movie called shadow and it's fucking beautiful like every every fight scene is like epic like it's I, a japanese I, movie yeah oh, okay and then i think jet lee's in it so oh, okay he's, he's american right or i don't know he's what he is chinese <laughs> i believe Okay, so. Um, Hong Kong. Hong Kong, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, but it, actually, I don't even know if that was Jet Li. Oh. Um, but uh, great movie. Like, just, you know, the only thing, it's subtitles. That's the one thing that, like, I actually don't like subtitles. Really? I, I don't mind it. Like, because. I, I don't mind it, but I don't like it. Like, I, because there's sometimes, like, okay, here's the thing that bothers me. If you ever watch uh, a movie and they're speaking in Spanish and then you see the subtitles rarely are they ever like correct correct like it's like a variation of what they're actually saying so that always bothers me and i'm like damn like i'm not really getting like the what they're saying yeah so that's what bothers me about subtitles okay but i don't mind them like i'll watch it like i'll still sit down and watch it Mm -hmm. and you can get it for like 2.99 on youtube now (laughs) so like that's the cool thing about this movie so if you haven't seen it
1: watch it what is it called again it's called shadow shadow like the homer bound dog like the homer bound dog (laughs) yes rest in peace shadow all right so um my number two speaking of like kill bill and whatnot this was actually like my number one movie for like the longest time um we actually did like a (laughs) two-part episode on the actual topic that it was covering but um was once upon a time in hollywood by quentin tarantino i really loved this movie um i actually didn't even have it on my list oh really yeah i i I, I like the movie though yeah i really loved it and you know, it's a very long movie. It's about three hours long, kind of like The Irishman. Like, it's one of those movies. Like, I would say it's not like Kill Bill, where like you can go into it not knowing anything and enjoy it. You kind of got to have like a little bit of a pretext of you know old Hollywood and mm-hmm. and whatnot. So it's kind of like a niche movie, if you would, if I could say. But with that said, though, like I just had the hugest smile on my face like throughout the whole movie. Like, there's like little Easter eggs about. You know, the history of, like, you know, the Manson murders, old Hollywood, like, all these, like, references and whatnot. Like, I just feel like it was a really well-told movie. And not only just that, visually it was appealing and everything, too. But, like, I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio, like, his performance, like, it's a little bit comedic, a little bit dramatic. It's just, like, he's taken, like, that extra step from where Dude, we saw him. They both killed it. Yeah. Both him and um Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt killed it. Yeah, it's like I forget. Like, I'm like, I go into most movies, like, oh, okay, here's Samuel L. Jackson, or here, you know, I'm watching so and so's character or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I forget that that's who I'm watching when I watch Leo in this movie and then Brad Pitt as well. Like, you, they do such a good job of immersing themselves into their character where it's just like, it's almost like you're a fly on the wall, if you will. And that whole scene where he's in the bar and he's trying to, you know, be very serious as an actor and he fucks up, mm-hmm. like, he's an actor acting as an actor trying to act bad like that, like that's in itself is a fucking paradox. And it's just like, he did such a good job that I'm pretty sure like he might win or he'll be for sure nominated for best actor. Like that's like a once in a lifetime performance.
2: Yeah. They're both of their performances were amazing. I'm I'm trying to think the, um, that even that scene where he's sitting down with that little girl Mm -hmm. and they're like going through their lines, I think, or, just like every everything about that movie is just really well acted. Mm-hmm. Um, my only like, like, bone I had to pick with it is like the Sharon Tate character, which I felt was more of like fan service to her family and yeah. felt unnecessary. That's the part that there's moments where this movie gets really dry, mm-hmm. and like you just have to kind of like bear with it. But the Sharon Tate moments, I felt like were not only just dry, but they were just like unnecessary, and that. It it bothered me a little bit. I, I I still like the movie though. I think it's mm-hmm. a good movie, and but you know, there's a whole thing where like you get to see her like average day, and then she goes to the movie theater to watch her own movie. And like, if that wasn't in the movie, like it would
1: matter mm-hmm. not at all. Like, <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head too with like the whole like fan service to her family, because in our research with like uh, the Charles Manson episode, like her family are very protective of like Sharon Tate's legacy, almost to a point where it's just like it kind of hurts her a little bit. So Mm -hmm. like when Quentin Tarantino wanted to make this movie, I believe he wanted to make it a few years ago and he couldn't just because like um, Sharon Tate's sister like was putting the kibosh on it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure like that they did that just to please her a little bit, just to suffice her. So I, I, and and that's
2: honestly the biggest, my biggest thing about it where um, it it just bothered me so much. Like it it would lose its pacing a lot of the times. mm -hmm. Every time they would- go back to her watching um her own movie. Yeah. And like I get why they did it, but it just fucking artistically took you out. Yeah. It, it was just every time it reminded me of when, you know, in Star Wars, you know, my biggest well, one of my biggest problems with it is that whole canto bite scene where they would be like, Let's go to the stupid casino for no reason. Yeah. And it would just be like, God damn it. Like the movie was at that point it was even that terrible, but they just like had to tear a little bit of make it so bad he doesn't do it that much. I think it's probably only like 15-20 minutes yeah. of the whole movie that are like this. Um but it's just enough to take a dry movie a little. It's good though. It's good. And I really like that.
1: I'm surprised I didn't put it on my list. I didn't mm-hmm. think about it. The ending is probably one of my favorite endings of all time. And I'm not going to spoiler spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it, but just watch it and I had the biggest grin on my face. My cheeks hurt when I left mm-hmm. the movie, so. Yeah. Yeah, I once upon a time in America, my number two movie. So, once upon
2: once upon a time in Hollywood, Hollywood, yeah, yeah.
1: not not America. That's the yeah, Robert yeah. De Niro movie. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Robert De Niro, did you watch the Irishman? No, yet? not yet. No. I I am trying to set time aside because it's like three and a half hours it's long.
2: It's three and a half hours. When I went to the Jimmy Kimmel taping, um, Ray Romano was there, and that's the movie he was hyping up. Was, hey,
1: Deborah. Yeah. Yeah. So I played the lawyer.
2: <laughs> but yeah, all right. shout out Ray Romano. Yeah. Um, but. No, I have not seen it. I
1: do want to see it. Yes, me yeah. too. Scorsese, baby. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's always good. All right, my next movie on my kind of list here is a uh, Toy Story Four, dude, which I loved. That was a great loved movie. Love Toy Story
1: Four. And you know what's crazy is like you start to get into like part three, part four, or whatever on movies, and they start to lose. Aside from like Avengers, right? But they start to lose like their luster, especially like with movies like like Toy Story. Like when you continue on like a movie that like is pretty much perfect, Toy yeah. Story one, two, and three. Yeah. It's a pretty much perfect movies. Like you're playing with fire now. Like yeah. you, 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 baseball. Even the best hitter, like they don't bat a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, Toy Story two is the one I don't care that much for. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. And but-
2: then looking back at it, so I never seen Toy Story two. Until really recently, so um, I seen Toy Story one. Obviously, I saw it when I was a kid. Yeah, and then I never saw Toy Story two or three. And then Toy Story four was coming out, and my, I was gonna go see it at the El Capitan Theater with my girlfriend. So like, we were, she's like, "You gotta see it." So we watched Toy Story two, and I was like, "Jesus Christ!" Like, the the animation looks very shitty. Like, I'm scared to go back and watch Toy Story one now because uh-huh. if Toy Story two looked bad. I don't even want to know what Toy Story 1 bro. Oh, my God. So I'm scared to go back. And the, Toy Story 3 still holds up really good, yeah. though. And it was a good story. But Toy Story 4, I feel like it's almost the best one of the four. Like
1: You know what? Yeah, you might be right. Because at the end, and I'm not going to spoil the ending, Like you want to cry. Oh, yeah. You want to cry because it's definitely... Hey, they they go there with that movie. Like, yeah. Toy Story 3 kind of, like, touches on it. Like, oh, shit, you know, they might die, you know? Dude, those animation movies, fuck, they'll
2: get you, man. Pixar. I, it literally just hit me right now that I cried during Wreck-It Ralph, Wrecks the Internet. <laughs> I did, man. <laughs> I just thought about it right now when you said, like, I want to cry. I don't think I cried during Toy Story, but when Wreck-It Ralph came out, which I think came out this year as well. Uh-huh. I didn't even put that on my list.
1: Did you not fucking have? Feelings oh no, yeah,
2: no, but yeah, up was amazing. But like, up came out what, like ninety nine or yeah. ninety nine two thousand um, nine. But um, but yeah, fucking Wrecked Ralph came out this year, and that shit made me cry, man. Yeah, I got all fucking teary eyed, man. <laughs> That's a that's a true that's a, some fucking fun the corazón, dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but Toy Story 4, speaking of graphics. So like there's moments where I was like, did they put like real like real live action in this movie because the animation on that is so good. It's almost dude, realistic, right? That scene where he's trying to save RC
2: at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude. Like Yeah.
1: That looks like a real rainstorm. Yeah, like straight out of it or something. Yeah, like yeah.
2: goddamn, dude. Like I don't even need to go outside anymore. I can just <laughs> Visualize it. Visualize that shit. God damn, dude. All right. You got anything else before we get to our top uh, movie? Let me see. I think we got... Oh, yeah. My favorite movie of the year. I think we're here to talk about Joker, but... um. Oh, sorry. Spoiler <laughs> alert. But uh, my favorite movie of the year was Us. I loved Us. Really? Us was my favorite. Like, by far, I loved it. It felt like kind of that same Stanley Kubrick vibe of, like, something something he would have done, like, way back in the day, but it felt modern and he, the fact that he made it so modern that he used, like, a modern score, like, fucking right up my alley, man. The fact that he used, I got five on it as, like, his, like... The main theme. The main theme, and then created a horror version of it. Like, on the soundtrack, there's a horror version of it where just, like, violins. Yeah. It felt like a Stanley Kubrick kind of anthem. Like, this felt like some... Um, whenever, like movies are told in like a maze kind of way and then obviously there's the whole like the movie starts off with a girl going into a maze and it's leading you down this maze of like what can you trust what can, who can you trust and is you know it's, i don't want to give any spoilers of what you may believe of like who was actually part of her family and who wasn't part of her family and like who wasn't her child or who was she which one was she kind of vibe like the fact that it leaves you with a bunch of question marks i was like oh my god this is like Beautiful. Like I thought, it was beautiful that I left. It gave you an obvious like. Here's here's our Emily Shaman Law plot twist that everybody can go home and like do. But the fact that there were all these background things going around the background that, like obviously, I don't know if you know, but there's like a bunch of like black flag shirts. Like there's a lot of characters wearing black flag shirts throughout the thing which you know has the four the four stripes mm-hmm. and like the score on the baseball game is 11 11. So there's these constant references to the number 11 11 mm-hmm. throughout the thing. The dude's the holding the yeah. um the mirror thing, he's holding a Jeremiah 11 11 like bible quote, all these things. I thought it was like it puts you down in that like Stanley Kubrick like you got to go figure this out for yourself. And I love that. Like I it, I just I think he's just doing something in horror in general that it just like amazing it like blows my mind like the fact that he's doing it in like i don't want to say like he's putting black actors in horror movies and every time you see a black actor in a horror movie they're like the first one's dead the first one dead they're always dumb they're there like the dude that's smoking weed and listening to hip-hop like stereotypical characters Like he's putting like black actors in a horror movie and he's making them like smart and he's making them relevant he's making them matter which is like it's it's about fucking time, man. It's two. Th- we're about to, it's about to be twenty twenty, and I just I I commend him for everything he's done to the mm-hmm. to, to the horror genre. Besides, um, what's the other horror movie that came out this year? Uh, S- uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. That was really good. Yeah, which I really really liked. I would say those are my two favorite horror movies because they were doing something that was kind of completely different than what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And you you see movies like It came out this year and that was
1: horrible. The second part of It was horrible. The first It that came out two years ago, I want to say, that was really well done because the first It with um, it was like basically a TV. It was basically Stranger Things (laughs) with It. Like it was like it was really cool. It was was, yeah, I
2: agree. I thought it was really good. But like I really loved um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. It was telling a different story. It put. Like, I mean, I'm Mexican. To put a Mexican character
1: in the main plot. You never even see Mexican people in horror movies. The fact- I think Mexican <laughs> stories are scarier than, like, your, like, I don't want to say white, but, like, like your your mainstream stories. Like, I, I really feel like they need to do a better job with, like, La Llorona because, like, I feel yeah. like the one that came out, like, I didn't even finish it. Like, I was like, man, this, this is really bad. Like, it's, like, white yeah. people trying to make, you know, retell, like, Mexican folklore. And it's just... I I feel you on the us because it's like a black person telling a black horror story as opposed to like Harvey Weinstein trying to tell like a fucking black horror story. That's what I feel like a lot of Hollywood is where it's just like, all right, we're going to, you know, do, uh, you know, foot service to, or what's the word I'm searching for. We're trying to appease a black audience just yeah. to get their money or whatever. So we're going to put black actors in it. That's what was like the genius of like black Panther. Like it was a black cast with a black director, with a black writer, black producer, where it's just like, okay, like it's from our own perspective. And I had like a, a black coworker that even pointed that out to me. It was like, yeah, it's good to see, you know, uh, we are making movies with that matter to us. It's not a white person trying to see through our eyes it's our eyes on on the camera i I mean even
2: going back to like um get out like he he, one of my all-time favorite movies he broke the fucking like glass ceiling with that movie like Mm -hmm. after get out like it was so rare to see a a black actor in like the leading role in a non like this is a black movie you Mm -hmm. know like they have to call it like a black movie like i got the hookup like if you think of like those like 90s movies where like chris tucker and like someone else like those are called like those are black movies you know like blackion yeah Yeah, like they clearly had like a black cast this one was like the main actor was a black actor and like it wasn't like it was a horror movie like it was it was a movie like it just he he broke that mold like black panther came like queen and slim is coming out this year Mm -hmm. Or i think it's already out this year i haven't seen it but you know these are movies that are like mainstream movies, and they're putting like black actors as the main character, not because they're playing like
1: stereotypes. Stereotypes.
2: They're yeah. like just the movie calls for these people to be mm-hmm. the main characters. Like, I think he did a great job. I, I loved us. I loved everything he's doing. I wish I would have watched more of uh, Twilight Zone, which he also directed this year. But yeah. I
1: haven't seen much of it. I, it was okay. Um, I'll say this. I agree with a lot of what you said about us. Like what we just talked about but for me overall i didn't put it on my list just because like i feel like it like what we were talking about like with once upon a time in hollywood and um what was the other thing we're talking about where uh, like star wars like i feel like it went down too many different paths where it kind of for me personally like it took away from the movie Mm -hmm. So where it's just like it could have been summed up a little bit shorter and been and been been a perfect movie and I was just like, God, like something was what, just. What missing. parts would you take out? See, because I only saw it the once, but like I think once they go to the, like the the White family's house, yeah, and like I thought that was cool, but then at like a little bit, like thirty minutes after that, like they, they just spent too much time on stuff. After that, where it's just like, ooh, it's kind of getting convoluted a little bit. Like some of the fight scenes, like with the down in the basement with the rabbits and stuff. Like I felt like we could have tightened this ship up a little bit. So to me, it was just like a perfect concept. But, like, it could have been edited a lot better, I feel. You know, just, mm-hmm. like, like cut, like, a lot of fat off of it. So, for me, I, I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. Because, like I said, Get Out, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh-huh. Just point blank, period. Like, perfect from yeah. beginning to start. Right amount of comedy with just the right amount of, you know, I, I, anxiety I, in I, it. I,
2: I loved it so much. Like, the, and at, at this point, I'll just spoil it, but the 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 thing that like i really really loved was throughout the movie they give you these breadcrumbs of this is not her real son yeah and that to me was just like the best part of it like the fact that not only was she like the switched out but mm-hmm. her son was also switched, switched out. out and i do think that there's 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 a scene where they're like building sandcastles right and that's a scene that I think most people would take out. There's this one line in the entire that entire scene where like the two twin girls go like, "Oh my God, you're so weird. why are you building tunnels? You should be building castles." And like those like little things like just felt like so Stanley Kubrick to me. Yeah. like it felt like like Danny like playing with toys where it's like really you don't really need like there's you can if you put the shining out today, like the shining would probably be like, this sucks. this is boring. Like you think so? I think most people would probably not feel the shiny. Well okay. they they might feel it, but they might have like like it's a pretty dry movie, if you really think about it. But by by, to, by today's standards, it's pretty dry. Yeah, I could see that
1: like with the short attention span, if you will. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's like most people most horror fans today, like horror today is, is like jump scares. Jump scares and all this like wackiness and I, I feel that it, it it there there are some moments where I felt like this is kinda dry. Mm-hmm. With with us, but at the same time like everything felt like it mattered. Like this, this scene mattered to, to the overall like arc of like Yeah, like we gave you ju- we gave you everything you need to to be skeptical about her son. Um and her, obviously, she's the obvious one. That's like, oh, she yeah. got
1: switched out. One thing I will say that I appreciated is like when they're like trying to like dance along to "I Got Five on It" in the car. Uh-huh. You see that she doesn't have rhythm. Yeah, she's like snapping completely like off, off rhythm because she doesn't have a soul. Yeah, and her <laughs> yeah.
2: and her son doesn't understand it either. Her son's like what? Like her son's just like off. Yeah, like her son's crazy. Like I don't know. The, to me, that that was like the best part of it. The fact that like even when the big reveal happens, it's like. Oh wait! Like all those little reveals were kind of like mm-hmm. for you to like question like who else was switched out. Yeah. So that to me was cool, and then you don't really get a clear answer. So that's the best part that you don't get a clear answer. Yeah. So you can argue it both ways. So yeah,
1: that's your. <laughs> I was I, I'm I'm cool on it, but anyways, uh, my number one and was high on your list as well. Yeah. A uh, Joker, of course. Um, I it, as much as I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think Joker was just as good but just better because it's everything that you want in a movie and it gets you thinking afterwards after you're done with once upon a time in hollywood you're like okay i leave that there and i continue on with my day but joker's like one of those movies that okay yeah this is like a classic character obviously the joker from batman that everybody that's any actor you know knocks it out of the park except for jared leto um but it kind of leaves you where we're at, you know, here currently, you know, with the state, you know, of the world, basically with mental health, and I, I really appreciated that because people like I, you look back like on the original Batman, you know, Joker's he's just crazy, you know, and this is like you got like it's very black and white, but there's a lot of gray where in this movie, like the Joker kind of does some fucked up shit at the end, but at the same time, you're kind of cheering for him at the same time because mm-hmm. you 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 have sympathy towards his condition and towards his backstory like we talked about it with like charles manson a little bit like his background like you're kind of creating this monster you know like with this whole you know relationship with his mother and whatnot and like i read i after we did that episode that's probably why i had more of an affinity towards this movie because it kind of told the same story you know
2: yeah i i mean i really liked it i mean just as a you know walking Phoenix killed it like Mm -hmm. he really really killed it like um i don't know if
1: i was ever cheering for him i don't know if i ever was like
2: yeah like
1: shoot robert de niro in the head yeah like (laughs) no like you almost do i want to say like that scene on the like spoiler like the scene on the bus like where he's getting picked on and he sees a lady get picked on a little bit and i
2: think that that that's a lot of what like so there's there's two different factors and i think one i think everybody can can relate to and then that's a society that's just getting out of hand mm-hmm. we see things like that would probably be a good reflection of like toxic toxic masculinity mm-hmm. or just like you know that macho mentality of like like drunk dude i'm gonna do whatever i want i'm tougher mm-hmm. than everyone else and you know that's that's a very like common
1: thing that we have in our culture you know it's yeah. it's not new but it's common you know it's and we're like wall street guys too where yeah it was just like a little bit of a throwback to American Psycho, a little bit. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and you know, we we pick on like I thought they were kind of stereotypical, but stereotypical to because we can all relate to stereotypes. That the fact that they were like Wall Street looking guys or white guys or like, but really the reality is like everybody. Everybody's like everybody can be that monster, you know. Like, and the fact that he was just conscious to conscious to it, and and like, um you know, we can all relate. Like we don't want to be that monster. Like we don't to, and really to a fault, we've all probably been in that situation where we're kind of dickheads. And we probably like, we've all been in that situation. Mm -hmm. And, um, like where you're drunk and you're being a loud douche or something like that. Like everyone's kind of been in that situation. And like, um, like I feel that the fact that he like kills him, (laughs) (laughs) like, um, I think it's very, like, relatable. Like, that to me is, like, it's very relatable. Like, you, you uh, that was, like, an obvious bad guy and you killed him. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: from the ultimate bad guy. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah, from
2: the ultimate bad guy. And, like, um, like, some of those were just, like, very relatable. I think the mental health aspect is completely separate from that because the mental health aspect of it is, like, it's not something new. This is a story that's kind of taking place in the 70s mm-hmm. and, like, it's become a newer topic that because you know people don't really talk about it like people don't really talk about mental health like um a lot of people are saying like um heath ledger's joker like that he would have been like a soldier battling like ptsd like that's been like the whole like online thing about like how he had to be a soldier battling ptsd like ptsd is like a very real thing that people deal with all the time mm-hmm. like um it's it's still like people People are coming back from war all the time with PTSD. PTSD is something that we don't talk about as a society. Mm-hmm. Depression, like mental
1: mental illnesses, we just we don't talk about them. Like they're just brushed under. And then I think it's like like a cyclical thing because like the first movie that popped up to my head was like Dead Presidents. Like remember that? Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> like where he's like he's waking up sweaty, you know, like yeah. with visions of war and whatnot too. So I think it's like something cyclical. But but even okay, so like this movie. And this is the part where, like, I like the movie a lot, but it's clearly, like,
2: Taxi Driver Reborn. Oh, it's yeah. Essentially, Taxi Driver is a better version of this movie. I mean, I don't know if you feel that way about well, it. Well, I mean, the, the, Robert the, the, De the original is always going to be better. Yeah, yeah, Robert De Niro's portrayal is essentially the same character. Even, mean, like, the fact that he's going up against a politician mm-hmm. and, like, you know, his love interest isn't interested back in him. Like, mm-hmm. that whole thing. Like, the same, the same blueprint is there. Um, and Robert De Niro's character is also like, I mean, it's not as blatant as this one where he's like tripping out, but he's definitely going through like, delu- like a psychological delusions and like, he's dealing with some kind of like depression. Um, he doesn't sleep at night, which is like, <laughs> yeah, these are all like, it's the same blueprint. And, um, I, I don't
1: know. I just thought all that aside,
2: I just think Walking Phoenix killed it. Like
1: yeah. his portrayal was like amazing. Yeah. I- it's hard. Cause okay, as kids growing up, like you think of uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker as like the Joker, and then all of a sudden, like Heath Ledger's Joker pops up, and you're like, "That's the Joker now." Now it's just like okay, like there's no way anybody's gonna be able to top Heath Ledger. He knocked it out of the park. He did a Mark McGuire, and then here comes Joaquin Phoenix, where it's just like this movie even tops, I in my opinion, uh, Heath Ledger's Joker a little bit because you get more of a reason why the. Joker is the Joker. Like that's like the biggest thing. Like in comics, you never get this backstory. Really, did you like the like? Do you like that
2: aspect of it? Because I almost like the fact that there is no reason mystery to it to the Joker being the Joker.
1: If this was a new character, I probably would agree with you on that. Like more of the mystery of it. But you're talking about a character that's what, Batman's like 70, 80 years old now, the Joker's like right around the same age, where it's just like, okay, now it's time, for me, I feel personally, where it's just like, Now it's time to start building, like, that background, I think, in my opinion. And if not, I mean, this has its own universe or whatnot. Like, it's fun to play in that. Yeah, like,
2: Under the Red Hood has been an origin story for the Joker as well. Correct. There's no correct origin story for the Joker. Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm cool with this just being, like, its own universe. Kind of like the Christopher Nolan Batmans. Those are their own things separate from anything else, you know, which I'm cool with. And then you have... Tim Burton's a little bit. It was like a little uh-huh. off skeet, but those are fun. You know, I'm, I'm cool with those as well. Like they don't, they don't follow the DC narrative. DC's narrative doesn't even follow their own narrative. So it's yeah. just like, it's cool. I'm cool with that. Like I'm cool with having separate universes where it's just like Joker's yeah. mysterious. And,
2: and I like that. I like that, that it was like a one-off kind of movie mm-hmm. on, on this, but
1: they're thinking about making a part two though.
2: Are they? Yeah. Oh man. I, I hope that they don't <laughs> like it wouldn't, it wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they can, at this point, it would be more of a money grab.
1: Correct, yeah.
2: Because it's like, it looks like it took so much out of Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, for sure. And, like, DC has a tendency to fuck things up whenever they get something right. Mm-hmm. So it would be so difficult to to follow this up. Unless, they're, they, unless they made a Taxi Driver Part 2 so they could take the <laughs> blueprint to that. Like, I don't know. I, I hope that they don't. I don't think they will.
1: Yeah, this is one of those ones just like just let it be. Like it's perfect as is. So
2: Yeah. I I like the movie. I don't I thought it was a great movie. I don't think I ever really want to see it again. It was like yeah, it was like it was it was really real. Like one of the things that it's like seeing someone struggling, like, isn't my cup of tea. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's cool and I appreciate like walking Phoenix putting himself in that position. But it's like that shit that shit's real like that's that's stuff that people really deal with like Mm -hmm. every day like every day someone is struggling with the decision of whether they want to like live another day or not Mm -hmm. or whether they're like willing to kill themselves or kill others others and like one of the things that um i think it does do a bad job at is that everything about it was kind of obvious like he was not he was poor he was living with his mom he was like girls didn't like him like it was really obvious like where his like depression comes from. You know, like that I think it does a poor job at like and you weren't going to have like fucking wealthy dude with like if he was a wealthy dude the sympathy wouldn't have yeah, been. that's him. exactly what yeah. I was going to say. Like so, if was like, Donald Trump Jr. like I'm not going to have any sympathy yeah, for him. Yeah. But it's just like and I think on that aspect I think most people have this idea that depression comes from like failure or something mm-hmm. like that and like it's not the reality of it, you know, like Yeah. um so, in that aspect, I'm like, yeah, but I, I'm cool. I, it's a great movie. I just don't want to see it again. <laughs> it, it's, it's, but it was so well acted. Like, yeah. that
1: I respect the hell out to of me, it. To me, yeah, that's what I was um, like with Leo. Like, it's like one of those, like, once in a lifetime movies where it's just like, oh my God. Like, I forget I'm watching Joaquin Phoenix who yeah. played Julius Caesar, who played fucking Johnny Cash, who played, like, all these amazing yeah. other roles. He's a great actor. Super Fuck underrated. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, I don't. When I think of great actors, I always think of, like, Christian Bale or, you know, somebody like that. Tom Hardy, you know, like Speaking those... Speaking of Christian Bale, did you see the Ferrari versus Ford movie? I didn't because I heard, like, bad things about it. Really? Like, I heard nothing but good things about it. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, It's one of those ones where it's just, like, I'm not in a rush to see it because it's, like, I already know the story. My grandpa told me that, like, over and over again. That's why I own a Shelby Cobra yeah. to this day. It's just, like, just because I love that, but... It's one of those ones. I'm. It's like Vice. Like I wasn't rushing out to see it, yeah. but like when I finally watched it, I was like, "Oh, this was a great movie." I don't regret not watching it in theaters. Yeah. You know, Avengers is like one of those movies you gotta see in theaters. But it's just at the same time, it's just like, all right, unless my girlfriend really wants to go on a date, like it's just like, yeah, yeah. it's it's a it's a DVD buy for
2: me. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't see it in theaters, but I heard it was like amazing. Like, okay. Same thing with like there's like a bunch of other movies that like had really great reviews. I didn't see the Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. I heard the lighthouse is
1: like amazing. Yeah, remember I put that um that uh, poll on our uh Instagram like there's a movie I guess with Shia LaBeouf like uh, uh the Peanut Butter Chronicles Oh, or about the kid who has autism? Yeah, everyone keeps telling me that's a really good movie. That's that, but again, that's the one like all the way till HBO or Netflix has yeah. it. Yeah, those are those are tough movies cuz those are definitely like aimed at like
2: here's a tearjerker for you. Yeah, you got to be in the right mindset for that, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's kind of those things like I watched uh, A Star is Born. A Star is Born was great. but Remember, I, I told you? It was great. I never want to see it again. <laughs> but, like, same thing with The Joker. Like, it was great. I don't want to see it again. Mm-hmm. Like, same. I feel like that's how I feel about that peanut butter one where it's like, I'm sure this kid's going to die.
1: What was that I'm movie sure... you were trying to get me to watch, Blue Valentine or whatever? It was like a really sad movie. Oh, yeah. But that was
2: like straight up. That's that. Uh, what's his name? Um, Fuck, I can't. Pretty can... Boy. Yeah. Yeah uh but getting, i started off by saying by what, like thinking about him right now i started by saying this is the most depressing shit out there yeah i saw that movie and then <laughs> i was like this is really good same thing i
1: never want to watch it again that is
2: the most i've never i haven't thought about that movie since i saw it once mm-hmm. it was on netflix back in the day that's why i yeah. watched it i wouldn't watch it if that shit wasn't on netflix <laughs> blue Valentine. damn that's sad dude yeah
1: <laughs> anyways moving on to music let's get into the other topic here yeah. um you see here's the one where you made a list and i just kind of just kind of you know whatever stood out to me so um for me i i said this last year and like even the year before this like i am i, I struggle to put lists together for fucking straight up albums because i feel like there's nothing like album wise that really stood out to me like 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 you you think back to like the early 2000s like i could be like okay stankonia came out stillmatic came out you know uh 2001 like it's just like it's like supreme clientele by ghostface killer and whatnot or like endless mastodon cds or whatnot but like, i feel like when i'm looking at like the list of music that came out this year i'm just like wow it's just like songs or artists or singles and kind of like throwback artist as well. I believe like Ozzy came out with a new album. Tool came out with a new album. Slipknot came out with a new album. And it's just like, oh, okay. It's just like a lot of like familiarity coming out. You know, I believe like last year, Iron Maiden put out an album. Sounds like every other Iron Maiden. Yeah, ever I didn't even out. know
2: Ozzy put out an album.
1: Yeah, and it's just like, oh, okay. Like I was playing in the kitchen making uh, bacon and eggs and my girlfriend's like, is that a new Ozzy, see- or, or Ozzy song or like an old one? Because it just sounds like he did something back in the 80s or whatever. And I'm like, no, yeah. oh, it's the new one. And it's just, like, I feel like that's where music is at. Or it's, like, I feel like we're in, like, our 30s now, and we're kind of getting out of touch with what's cool. Like, you came in today, and you said, like, another rapper died, and I looked, and it was, like... I
2: didn't know who that guy was. Yeah, like, Little I, Happy Meal. <laughs> I do think, um, like, the internet is, like, it's there. Like, you don't have mm. to go to shows anymore. Like... Yeah. I do think, like, Apple Music and, like, you know, Spotify. like... Spotify. I don't have Spotify. But I'm, for people that have Spotify, like... See, even Instagram like Instagram is like these bands are touring together let me check out these other bands like that's yeah. something I still do like whenever I see like touring bands and like a band I never heard of like I'm still interested like why are these two bands like a band I like is touring with this band I never heard of I still yeah. want to. let me go to their in their uh Spotify or whatever their Apple Music yeah like I do that today like and that's one of those things that like really gets me like like jacked about music where I'm mm-hmm. like yeah and discovering new shit yeah like discovering stuff is still fun for me like Um, and I put this list together like this morning when like I was like and then I even tried to listen to some of these albums because I was like let me try to rehash it like to see if I like I loved them as much as I loved them and like first time I'm like yeah I fucking I fucking dug this shit man like so you want to get into that yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) um so I just put seven albums together okay so my seventh one was the Slipknot album okay yeah the Slipknot album I thought was pretty fucking pretty fucking dope I think I think they're doing some new stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing, they're going more,
1: I don't want to say radio friendly. It sounds like it's more of the, what's his side band? Um, Stone Sour. Stone Sour. It sounds like a lot of that's creeping more into the band yeah. now.
2: Which from time to time, it it, it has happened. Every, yeah. Going back all the way to like Subliminal Verses, yeah. like that has creeped in. And it definitely has those elements, like that song Spiders is on there. And like, I really, I dig it. I dig it, and it's still, like, one of my
1: favorite albums, but it's not my favorite Slipknot album. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know. To me, like, yeah, I agree with that. It's a lot of what I was talking about earlier, where it's, like, (coughs) a lot of familiarity, where it's just, like, okay, this is what I'm going to get. It's a great album to go to the gym to. Yeah. Like, I, like, yesterday, like, when I was trying to, like, get, like, a hard list together, I was struggling. I was, like, well, I guess, you know, the Slipknot album would have been my best album, like, from front to back. Because for me, it's, like, just, like, a lot of songs or, you know, artists basically just like kisses of touches here and there and i was like album wise i would say yeah like we are not your kind like by slipknot it was probably album wise like my best album but in the retrospect of all of slipknot's music it's probably like a three and a half star album
2: yeah i i don't even like it as much as their last one like mm-hmm.
1: which i know the gray
2: the the, the, uh, the gray chapter so i didn't i didn't like it as much as that album i i do like the album i don't want to sound like i'm shitting on the album like um it still made my list but like (laughs) it's it just doesn't like there's moments where i'm like i wish they were just going more like proggy because there's Mm -hmm. prog elements to it for sure and i wish they would just like stop limiting yourself to the three minute mark like let Mm -hmm. me explore that shit like Mm -hmm. let me hear what you got like you're old enough now your fans won't like betray you like
1: oh at all like
2: let me hear you explore that weird shit like Mm -hmm. there's moments on like whatever the third song is um where like (laughs) you do the same thing as me yeah um, i'm trying to think what the third song is but it sounds cool like it sounds it almost sounds like an old old school like throwback new metal track correct and like it ends with like kind of like a staticky
1: like Mm -hmm. vibe and i'm like I wish to expand on that shit. Like, and you think the whole it, album's gonna kind of be like that? And then you're, for me, I'm kind of let down that it's not. You know, yeah. there's there's cool elements
2: there's that like there's some acoustics going on. There's all kinds of things. I just wish like let me hear your experiment more. Mm. I I anytime a band experiments and it doesn't sound like bullshit experiment, <laughs> then there's bullshit experimenting. I agree. It's like whatever the popular music is, and you try to adopt that. That's not experimenting. No. That's just fucking going with the flow and which they're not doing they're i oh, don't think no. that they're doing that i just think that they're not experimenting as much as they can be they're they're playing it safe though, <laughs> they, they do mean. play it a little safe yeah. but for a band that's lost their drummer they lost their bass player they lost one of their percussionists like they still sound brutal as fuck and i still oh, yeah. like respect the hell out of great them. album to work out too yeah um my next album let me see what i got i got chelsea wolf birth of violence fucking like amazing artist like just like if you're into like I don't even know how to like label her music which is like the good thing about her music It's, like it's metal it's like folk it's like there's like the fact that there's like a, if you're into bright eyes I get what you're into if you're into sludge metal I get what you're into her. like the fact that everything's in here is like amazing like I saw her open up for the cure and deftones like that was like the most like wacky like any anything goes kind of show you know yeah. and, like she opened up and like she was great like she's just just an ama- I think I had one of our older albums on like our one of our older lists on the, on the the his spun album came out. Um, but this album is just like she just keeps hidden with like bangers and like <laughs> it, like for me the for for me the rest of this list is like I put my seal of approval on every single one of these albums. because okay. Slipknot is the one that I'm a little bit like shaky on just because it's not my favorite Slipknot album. Okay, but um. Like, the fact that she, like, keeps hitting you with banger after banger of, like, every album, she'll, like, just when you think this is what she's going to do, she, like, puts out, like, a fucking metal album. And, like, nope, ne- next time I'm going to put out, like, an electronic album. And, Very like, eclectic just, then. Yeah, it's, like, every time. It's, like, and that's why that's how you do it. Like, that's how you get opening up for Deftones and The Cure. Like, mm-hmm. the
1: fact that you're not doing one thing. I think that's important, too, for artists nowadays is to be more eclectic. because And that's how you're going to stand out. Because I've referenced this a couple of times where it's just, like, I feel like the internet age of music is just like you have all these tables in the lunchroom where it's just like okay here's your metal scene and just like way over here then there's your hip-hop scene over here and then people live like in these echo chambers of like this is what i listen to and then you got like you know the poppy kids listening to jonas brothers and whatever right here and it's just like nothing nobody sits with each other anymore and it's just like to stand out i feel like you got to incorporate everything now but even in in metal like i think
2: one of the things that really fucking kills metal and i think you I don't want to say like metal's dead because I I have a couple of metal bands on here. Yeah. But I think one of the things that bothers me about metal, I'll say that bothers me about metal, mm-hmm. is that there's so many like great like metal artists, but like I'll give you an example. So I, me and Ben went to go see Deftones. Be- Deftones was the headliner. The co-headliner was Churches. Churches is like an electronic pop yeah. band. Then it was Gojira. And like the fact that like metal heads aren't like open to like new things always bothers the shit out of me because for me i've always been like and i didn't start off into metal like i was always into like radiohead and things like that and then i got more into metal so like i've always felt like you know i i accepted metal that you know most people are accepting other things starting from metal accepting other things but most people are like very like not into like opening up Yeah. yeah so like that's the one thing if something I is going to kill metal is the fact that they're very unaccepting. Like if it's, if you're not playing fucking aftershock or like whatever, like yeah. you're not part of the metal community.
1: It's very self parroting if you will. Yeah. Cause yeah. every band has the same logo. Every band does the same thing. Every yeah. every band uses the same album cover artist now. <laughs> Cause I was looking at lists of like, you know, the best um, metal albums of 2019 to try to, mm-hmm. you know, listen to it, see if I, if I jive with it and it's just all the same thing, you know, it's just, it's very homogenized
2: yeah um but you know she does what she does and she does whatever she wants to do chelsea clinton no, chelsea <laughs> wolf <laughs> uh let me see i, I kind of put it into list i wrote it all weird number five i put Tyler the Creator. eeyore okay that shit like that dude is like constantly evolving like do you consider I, him rap now or hip-hop not really because yeah. he started off as a rapper but he kind of does whatever the fuck he wants to do yeah. on his last album i put that on there um uh flower Flower boy Boy. i put flower boy on there and flower boy was amazing and this is even more amazing like the fact that he's like blowing everything out of the water he's probably like for his age i think he's only like 26 27 Mm
1: -hmm. and he's like one of the best like producers in the game right now i'll say this too where it's just like it's one of these instances where it's just like i personally might not like you know in my own personal time listening to this music but like i appreciate the artistry of it, you know, like yeah. you can look at something and I'm like, okay, I don't necessarily like that, but I can appreciate it. It's like for like, uh-huh. I don't necessarily like that type of food, but I appreciate the process of making it like that's There's an art to making like good pho. like, and the same thing with this, like I don't personally find enjoyment in his music, but like I look at that, and I'm like, all right, I respect that more than Iron Maiden, who's a band I love making the same shit over and over yeah. and over again
2: it's crazy to me like i listened to his early albums back when he was like really popular i remember when he first came out when he had um goblin like goblin was out and i remember like i didn't like it like it just felt like stupid like stupid like stoner rap like it was just like dumb like mm-hmm. it was really immature to hear where he's at now where he is kind of like carrying the torch for like experiment i don't say experimental hip-hop but like Kind of off to the left kind of hip hop like like he would be the new Ludacris. Not ludicrous sorry, not Ludacris. Andre three thousand. Andre three thousand. Like he's he's that guy now. Where yeah. he's just like anything goes with me, I'm gonna like I don't care if you Sky's label me, whatever. I'm gonna work with whoever I wanna work with, I'm gonna do it. And fucking Eeyore's amazing. Like I don't I didn't break it down to like favorite hip hop or anything like that, but that's the one that stuck out to me, that where I was like, God damn, like and this dude's, like, not even, like, using producers. Like, this dude's making his this shit. shit. Yeah, like, yeah. this dude's doing his own shit, writing his own music, like, pulling in whoever he wants to work with, and he's doing it better than anyone else. That's, it's like, goddamn, dude. Like, and he's super fucking young. He's, like, 27 years old. <laughs>
1: what were we doing at yeah. 27? We We're like, hey, do you want to start a podcast? <laughs> uh,
2: God damn, dude. Still figuring it out. <laughs> uh, let me see. I'll just go through these really quick. Um, let me see. He was number five, so let me see. Number four, I don't know looks like i didn't write four (laughs) looks that's (laughs) weird top six i wrote them all like janky oh wait i did write number four soon soon girl with girl with the fruit basket that shit's fucking trippy as hell like experimental music like somebody somebody was comparing this album to like a death grips album which is like totally not right (laughs) like because this is not like brutal like a death grips album but a lot of that story it's it i guess it's dark a lot of it is about a girl carrying a fruit basket on her head and getting raped oh wow! so like the album is kind of dark and it's kind of brutal but it's not like it's it's not like death grips at all but if you're into experiment and they have like fucking they're just geniuses like in like electronic experimental music like mm-hmm. they're basically like radiohead and radiohead was like young again <laughs> like and I, I do think like some bands need to like put the mantle down and like someone else will pick it up and keep going. Like I love death downs, but like I want to hear someone like test those like limits, like a young Currently, version of yeah. that. Yeah. And it's like, and I think that there are bands that are like pushing the limits and like, you know, there's, I love code orange They're like young dudes. Those, oh those, yeah. Those dudes are like 23 years old. Like, yeah. Um, and I love Bane and like all these things that are like, I'm really excited about all these bands that are coming up, but um they're definitely a band and they're not that young, but they're like, young in the sense that like goddamn like these dudes i i want to see them i'm probably end up seeing them like a festival because i don't know if they'll ever play bakersfield (laughs) 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 yeah they won't make it in bakersfield go to a festival yeah but they're they're fucking incredible let me see number three um formerly known as twigs twigs is like most people were like when she came out people were like this is the next Aaliyah. okay (laughs) and like the fact that now she's like the next fucking like Portishead or kind of like vibe I'm like god damn like I love trip hop music like Mm. I'm a huge Portishead fan and to see again like another like young version of Portishead like I fucking love that like I respect the shit out of her somebody posted like her concert the way she was doing her concert like I guess she like learned her like to pole dance and like people were like mocking her online for doing that but it plays into like her live show now like the fact that there's like strange things on stage for her to like I love that to like yeah to toy with and then Mm. like the fact that she used like all the percussions on her were like you know like stomp like yeah. for the, the, the musical like she had people like like professional like hip hop stompers come out and like this is the, the way we're doing percussion now and the way I'm going to dance is like with these poles and, like it was weird and it's like the fact that it's like very porta's head though. yeah it's it's crazy like and like just the way that she she's beautiful by the way but the way that she you like jack off her Uh, not to the images, like, the way she portrays herself. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because the way she portrays herself is, like, always, like, distorted, and like, which
1: I also respect. It's just, like, god damn. Because you're not selling yourself, like, Doja Cat, like, which is, like, all sex and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: But, yeah, she is beautiful. She used to date, um, Robert Patterson. To tell you, like, where she's at in the the beauty (laughs) market. Whoa. That's a
1: good-looking dude. You think, I, I mean, I'm more of a Brad Pitt, interview with a vampire, fucking, um, <laughs> Andrew Luck kind of guy. Oh man, Andrew Luck, <laughs> that dude. But she, yeah, yeah, she's yeah good I got, looking. You, I got But you.
2: um, yeah, like she always like this. If you look at her, this album cover, um, it's like her with like a weird distorted body and like it's mm-hmm. like falling apart. But it's cool. cool. Like I, I really, like I really love. Just like, based
1: off of your description, I have no idea what her music sounds like. But it's you make it sound <laughs> very interesting. Like if
2: you like trip hop, if you like trip hop, go down this road. Like okay. it's fucking genius. Um. Number two, this is the one that like I had to put this one on the list. Like Tool to me is like mm-hmm. beautiful. This this album was like eating like a rough steak sometimes because it was huge. Like this one I had to. This is like the Irishman of the of the. Yeah. It's, even though it's like Scorsese's doing this, it's all this is yeah stereo. everything that you want right. Everything I want. God damn dude, this That's is a lot to ingest. One song gets me to working back like yeah. like. <laughs> it's, but I did okay. So me and our buddy Ben we talked about this album and then I found that like going on hikes while listening to this album was like the perfect thing. Cause you have no fucking choice. Like there's no one else around you.
1: I'm glad you said that.
2: No fucking choice. Like you have to settle down and like fucking focus on this and like focus in on the most beautiful things where you're isolated. You don't even have walls
1: around you. Like just enjoy the moment for the moment of it. That's tool's whole overarching theme. And I'm glad you said that because I took a jujitsu class and that's one of the things too that the instructor was talking about. Where it was just like you know, just put on some tool. And I'm like, yeah, the new tool album. Like, and you like think about it in your head, like, uh like even like ten thousand days, where it's just like you're going through the process, enjoying the moment, kind of thing. And I'm not gonna say that I love this album. It's pretty good. I, I'll re- uh, relate it to kind of like the Slipknot album, where it's just like at, out of their whole discography, is it their best? piece of music no it's still good yeah but and but even like the album artwork i feel like okay i've seen this artwork before but it's still beautiful it's just for me it was just like i you waited so long for a new album initially you're disappointed but when you revisit it like i was revisiting it the other day you know doing yard work um in the front lawn like exactly like you said like when you're going on a hike when i'm out here you know on my my front lawn you know enjoying nature you know enjoying the process of you know Putting up Christmas lights and whatnot. Yeah. Like just little things, like you find joy in life too. It's like adding salt to uh, food or whatnot. It just enhances it a little bit. Yeah. And that's what I feel like this album is. It's not this, um, you know, uh, great, outstanding record that's going to live on forever, but it's one of those ones you can put on um, as salt to your food basically like whatever you're doing in your day-to-day like where there's mundaneness you add this to it and it just it, it, it bridges those uh times in your life
2: I, I thought it was beautiful i didn't appreciate it the, as much when i first listened to it the first time around like even the third or fourth time i didn't really appreciate it, it and now it's like i almost specifically if i'm going on a hike i need to listen to this album mm-hmm. like where i'm like i need isolation i need to hear like
1: You need, like, a good set of headphones, I feel like, too. You can't just bullshit it, like, with, like, some fucking...
2: uh, I haven't even gotten to, like, the mathematical elements of it where it's, like... That's a
1: topic on its own. Like, the fucking... The shit on fucking Tools Records and shit. Everything
2: is, like, 777. The album ends with seven seconds of silence. Mm -hmm. Like, the song Tempest is, like, 7 Tempest... I don't know. What the hell? Like, the lyrics are crazy. Chocolate Chip Trip is amazing. (laughs) Like, I I don't even know what the hell. Like, I... I I'm I'm sure my thoughts and opinion of like Tool albums because even today like 10,000 days like my it took me 10,000 days to figure out how much I like 10,000 <laughs> days like yeah that is like, pretty good yeah. that's the cool thing about a Tool album is like I'm still revisiting those albums and going yeah. like no you're right oh man like, like Lateralis I don't one. even think I got that before like oh man like it rewards you for listening yeah. yes dude even like the other day I was like listening to Hooker with the Penis and mm-hmm. like like sitting down, like reading the lyrics around to it, and it's like, man, I need to figure out more about this crazy story that this dude's mm-hmm. telling about this dude with the nipple. A lot of depth, yeah. yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like, Tool is something that like you need like a Harvard law degree to figure out what the hell he's talking about because yeah, yeah. it's
1: it's difficult. But I, I do want to make like their music like a topic in its own. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah.
2: It's the Fibonacci sequence and all that crazy mm-hmm. math and all that, it's crazy. Uh, My number one album, I was super, I don't want to say biased, but like I was going to put a, I love like prog metal. Like prog metal to me is a thing that I always go back to. Do you know who the Cult of Luna is? Yeah. Okay. So I put the Cult of Luna as number number one album. That's interesting. Just because I love this album, man. This is like another one similar to Tool where I can just go on like hike and like the thing just fucking goes. Like the thing just smoothly goes. And I've loved loved the Cult of Luna for years, but. This is like probably just my favorite album of the year just because it it, it goes, it's a little dumber than a Tool album, I'll say. (laughs) Um, And I still love the Tool album. The Tool album was was like number one for me because I was Mm -hmm. like, how much, I I don't even know how much I'm going to like this Tool album until I'm like 50 years old where I'm like, I get it now. Yeah. (laughs) But like, so that one might creep into number one, but this one was just like, it's dumb enough for me right now where I can like rock Mm -hmm. out to this shit. And, like, if I saw them, I'm, like, down to mosh to this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's, like, smart enough where I'm, like, yeah, I get this shit. And it's, oh, like, yeah. I don't want, like, Def Heaven, like, we've talked about that band yeah. where, like, they're not really black metal, but, like, they have black metal elements. Yeah. And, like, same thing with this. Like, I like some of those black metal elements, and I'm sure we'll do a witch burn, oh, witch burn-y. Uh, <laughs> a Church Church burn. burning episode one day where I'm, like, you know, I'm I'm kind of an outsider into the black metal world, but, like, mm-hmm. bands like this, like, really, like, Oh, like bridge I bridge w- that gap. I wish I was like in fucking Norway right now, surrounded by snow right now. <laughs> like amazing album. Like just
1: tip of the hat to the cult of Luna. Keep doing what you're doing. Damn, you you really went hard with these, man. Yeah. Like, um, for me, like with music, like I wish I loved music as much as you did. Because like <laughs> now I would want to go and like I want you to like text me all those albums because I want to give. Well, aside from Slipknot and Tool, like I want I want to listen to those because it's one of those things like where you hear somebody like talk about something and you want to get into it just by the joy in your face. Like art doesn't like a lot of things Mm. that's been well established, but for (laughs) you to see like the joy in your face talking about these things, I really want to explore these, um, these albums. Um, But for me again, like I said, it's just like a lot of songs and just artists. Like I kind of see music kind of like from a producer's end where it's just like, fuck, like I can see them doing big things. Uh, We kind of touched on this, um, you know, in a beforehand beforehand episode, um, about Billie Eilish. Like I see big things oh, yeah, for her. yeah. I really, I mean, it's not my cup of tea. Kind of like Tyler, like Tyler, the creator. You know
2: what? I, it's funny. Cause one time I was driving with my girlfriend, we were listening to Billie Eilish and like super young too. She's super young. And I she was like 28. And I was just, I was like telling her and I was like, dude, you could see that there's more potential than what she's giving you right now. Mm-hmm. I think this is the shittiest version of her right now. Yeah. I and, do too. And, and that's impressive because this, uh, this version, especially her new album is like, pretty good it's a pretty damn good album yeah it's enjoyable from front to back and i could see like if you're if i was younger if i was a teenager right now i'd be like god damn this is the greatest thing ever but she has more potential in like her creativity her voice her voice can get better (laughs) yeah and like i'm super excited the fact that she's kind of the face of pop music right now that's cool is like really cool because we haven't seen someone be like this good and be the face of pop music since like madonna or something like that correct
1: and what's cool about her too is I, I didn't know this beforehand, but, like, she's kind of following, like, that Eminem uh, blueprint where she's like, I'm going to hit you with a pop song, like, Bad Guy, which is an amazing song in itself. Yeah, it's like, catchy as hell. Yeah, but, like, the rest of her album is not that. It's kind of like, you know, Eminem would put out a song like The Real Slim Shady, poppy and catchy as hell. Like, you're going to still listen to Bad Guy, yeah. like, 20 years from now, right? But the rest of the album doesn't sound like that. It sounds kind of like a Fiona Apple or uh, Lana Del Rey album, if you will, um, throughout the rest of the the CD, and not my t- cup of tea. But like you said, like you can see the yeah. artistry there, like evolving, kind of like a Lady Gaga, where it's just like I can see Billie Eilish having like her own Las Vegas show, like Lady Gaga does, where it's like she has a pop show she does. And then a jazz show that she does, where it's just like she's not going to be limited, and it's just like that's really cool to see. Mm-hmm. And that's one artist too. It's just like, like you said, like I'm, I'm I want to get on that journey. I want to see that. I want to see good things for that because yeah. I, I do see the potential in there, even though I might not dig that shit. But you know, on a personal level, but like I like, I'm gonna enjoy seeing that success. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You always want to cheer for people like that. Another one too, like now, mind you, again, like I said, we're we're thirty as fuck. Like, I feel like we're starting to get to the age where it's just like, I can't relate to like newer music, but there was one song that I absolutely hated, but like the more I found out about it, the more like I love the story of it and like everything that the lore of it, if you will, was Old Town Road.
2: I don't know that
1: song. You know, I'm going to take my horse to the old oh, town road. Yeah, who's? it's like a rapper has that song. Lil Nas X, Lil, right? Oh, yeah. And what's crazy about this song is uh, it's obviously like a rapper, right? Uh-huh. And with him, it charted, you know, he's kind of making fun of country music, I could say. I don't know if he's making fun of it, but kind of parodying yeah. country music or whatever. But, like, it actually landed on, you know, the country charts. And I guess, like, the all of the country... Music Association or whatever, like they got really pissed about it. They're like, "No, this isn't country music. Country music is like Dixie Chicks or whatever. Fucking Drake I don't know. Hey Zeus, tell us what some real country music is or whatever." Right? I don't know. I don't dig that shit. Right? But like, he actually charted number one on you know those charts. Trent Reznor has a country music Grammy now, whatever. Because of this, yeah. But I guess like there was a whole hoopla of it. He's like. You know, we live like in a very like touchy time where it's like, well, you don't want him on the charts because he's black or what? And it's just like, I don't know. What I thought was funny is it's like Billy Ray Cyrus is like, all right, I I see like the you know this is like a you know a good song you know for his generation and whatnot. So let me get on it and make it whatever you guys want it to be a real country song. So Billy Ray Cyrus jumps on and does the remix of it, and basically he just sings the hook, right? Mm-hmm. Just gives it like ah, that, that twang or whatever on it, right? Makes it more authentic, I guess you can say. So then it re enters the chart and it blows up even bigger. Now, I didn't know this personally, and I'm a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. You're a huge Nine Inch Nails fan as well. But I guess like the main beat to this song actually comes from the album Ghosts, where it's just a, like a whole Nine Inch Nails album full of instrumentals, mm-hmm. like fucking 48, 50 songs full of instrumentals. And I don't know about you, Art, but I probably only listened to that album twice because I love 9 inch nails but like I need to hear Trent Reznor, you know, pour out his soul yeah. on record.
2: That's a that's an album that I love because I was in San Antonio when that album came out and mm-hmm. so like I had a lot of free time to listen to that album. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have been listening to it in like I would say like 3 years or 4 years.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because the actual track that they used for Old Town Road was like the because they're not really labeled. It's just 34 4 on Ghost. I didn't
2: right? even know that. Whatever you were you about to say, I have no idea. I didn't even know why they won that Grammy.
1: Well, no, well, they basically, they took like the whole first half of that song and then just put like, you know, a catchy hip hop drum beat to it. Uh-huh. And then obviously, you know, rap and sing over it. But yeah, it's a nine inch nail song. Yeah. Straight up. Like I listened to Old Town Road and then I listened to the Ghost um, version of it. And I'm like, whoa! It's the same song, like all in my head while I'm listening to this instrumental by Nine Inch Nails from like what 2007, 2008, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like thinking like I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road, and then you're right, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross—they win a fucking <laughs> country music Grammy because it, uh-huh. because they primarily took you know sampled that song and rightfully so. Trent Reznor should be given you know, writer credit for it, you yeah. know? And I think that th- th- that whole thing, like we were referencing about music, how everybody's like in these echo chambers where it's just like to get noticed, you kind of got to grab from everywhere where it's just yeah. like, you got the young kids here with the Lil Nas X, you got the country music people here, Jesus, looking at you over here with Billy Ray Cyrus. And then, you know, you got us, you know, that lives like in the Nine Inch Nails world, you know? And it all comes together to create something that I'm listening to it and I'm just like, I actually kind of like this song now. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Went from something, I'm like, oh, that's some, some new fangled bullshit. And it's like, well, you realize Jacob, they fucking took one of your Nine Inch Nails songs and put a fucking new hip hop beat to it. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I gotta say, I guilty pleasure. You know, I'm not saying it's anything great like the music you <laughs> probably <Yeah. laughs> put, but I, I kind of dig it. So like, that's my piece on it, on um, music in 2019.
2: I don't know that song that well. I've heard it, like I've heard it in the background. It's it's mm-hmm. a popular song, but I don't really know it that well. I saw that Nine Chanels won something mm-hmm. country related because they kept putting pictures of themselves, photoshopping their faces onto like country music <laughs> singers and saying like we're veterans of the country
1: music world or something like that, <laughs> which is cool with uh, with Trent Reznor. Where it's just like I guess like the story with Trent. I was reading a Rolling Stone article with him, and he was saying like like his manager called him up like Hey, they totally ripped off this song from you. They didn't get the sample credit um, credit for it." And with Ghost, like, didn't he put that album to have people remix and do their own thing to it? No, that was... Um, Year Zero? Year Zero. Oh, okay. And I guess Trent was just like, ah, whatever. Like, that's what I wanted people to do with it anyway. So he goes, at first, like, I'm kind of taken aback, like, the Johnny Cash version of Hurt. He was kind of taken aback to it. But he goes, you know what? Fuck it, man. Like, that's art. That's art right there, you know? And he was just like, they actually asked him to be in the video. And he was mm-hmm. like, no. I, I, don't wanna be, like, I, I don't want to be like, I don't I'm going to paraphrase what Trent Reznor said because, but he said basically, I don't want to become a distraction to what's going on over here. I want this to have its own life, mm-hmm. not to just be my own thing. And I, which I really respect with Trent, who yeah. I think is like the ultimate artist.
2: Yeah. And that's cool. Like I, I'm really, I didn't know that. I didn't know any of that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but that is really cool. I I haven't really heard that song. I probably won't check it out. <laughs> um, but i play um, it for you right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, that's that's a really interesting thing about music right now mm-hmm. like have you you know who Grimes is the yeah, I know who Grimes okay, yeah. so Grimes has like this quote that she said that like all art is gonna die in the next twenty years, and then I thought that was really interesting just because I disagree, yeah, I do too, <laughs> but, but um <laughs> but she's a musician, right, and mm-hmm. like one of the things that's like creativity is like is one of the things that like drives people mad like. Uh, Omar Rodriguez Lopez from the Mars Volta talked about how like he wishes he could turn his mind off, just because yeah. the moment he wakes up, he's had all the things that he needs to do t- in one day, and plus like he can't stop thinking music. Similar to like Steve Steve Choi from the, yeah. how he talked about how like he he can like as he went to a, an island, he wouldn't want any songs; he would just want to like know them in his head, like to play them in his head. Like that to me is like true artist. Yeah, where like you hear the music, like, you can't go a day without it like it drives you mad where it's mm-hmm. like it takes you to that point where like you you have to be surrounded by music like our friend chris you know chris drummer chris yeah. like that dude is like obsessed with music on a different level like i love listening to music i love like surrounding myself with music like it's something that i've had since i was a little kid but that guy like comes from a music background where like his family plays music you know his grandpa played music like playing music is like a different, it's a spiritual thing for him. Mm -hmm. It's part of who he is. Yeah. It's like, that's like saying to some people, like in 20 years, we're going to live without eating food kind of thing. Yeah. Which maybe is possible, but, (laughs) but like, it's so far fetched. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I do like that kind of stuff. Like, even though I haven't really heard of like little sand, Zanx or the oh little Nas X, that little Nas X, um, (laughs) I haven't really heard his music, but like, um, but that's cool. Like, I'm glad that there's constantly like experimenting and sampling mm-hmm. and all these things. Like, um, even Nine Inch Nails, you know, the the song "Closer" that we all know. Like, yeah, that that is coming from the um, the uh, what's that song? Um, Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop is a song called "Nightclubbing." Yeah, "Nightclubbing" is essentially closer. Like the the, the, the the beat is nightclubbing and that's mm-hmm. where that comes from. And like, you know, I'm sure he can appreciate like, you know, I took from Mickey pop. People are taking from me like
1: David Bowie as well. Yeah.
2: The minute someone hears the music, it's, it's not really yours anymore. Like you created to get that shit out of you. and Now it's out in the world and now it's
1: for the whole world to experience. And, and one thing I appreciate about what Trent Reznor said too, is kind of like, like similar to what you said, where it's just like, I ne- he goes, I never would have thought in a million years that when I made this, that, Anybody would have took it there, but he goes, I can appreciate that because, oh, it's a different, I always talk about, you know, perspective, you know, like perspective of a pen. You know, I'm looking at a pen right now and it says Country Club Inns and Suites, but on your end of it, you're seeing a blank, you know, pin with nothing on it. Whereas it's like Trent Reznor is like, okay, this is what I had a vision for when somebody heard, you know, that song off of Ghosts. Okay, this is where they took it and then it blows up into something bigger. He goes, I don't you know, I'm not going to wrangle that back in because I'm not doing the art any justice. And yeah. that's what I can appreciate about music and art in general.
2: I can respect that. That's cool. Hell yeah. You got anything else on your
1: Um shit, I don't know. Fuck. You want to talk about sports and shit for it's another 2 hours? been a long hours? episode. I know. I but it didn't it wasn't long. It Should wasn't we tedious. We cut
2: it in half. I don't know how you want to do it.
1: It's up to you, brother. Whatever you want to do.
2: Whatever you want to do, man. Okay. I, I can keep going, but we can. I, well, whatever. Yeah. We can edit this.
1: Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> do you want to? You want to cut this one off right here? And Let's then, cut
2: it off right here, and then we'll do a second
1: episode. Episode. Then, all right. Cool. Cool. So with that said, everybody, um, be on the lookout, I guess, next week where we talk. uh, You know what? We'll just make the next one like a a 12 and a half or a half episode, a Minnesota, if you will. So that way you don't have – if you're not into sports and politics, you don't have to listen to that shit as like your weekly episode. But, (laughs) um, yeah, so thank you for listening this year This so far. This has been our biggest year, and I got to say, like, I'm excited for 2020 for this this show. I I feel like we just keep getting bigger and better. Uh, with each week that goes by so i mean i gotta thank first and foremost you know my co-host right here art the creative genius over here the golden recluse if you will true man yeah (laughs) i want to thank you know brent and um everybody at the Podbelly network you know for what they've done um i feel like what bakersfield now is starting to be seen as a hotbed for podcasts so hopefully like we can add to you know that bed if you will so dude
2: uh, yeah i I mean i gotta thank the same people i gotta thank you i gotta thank Alejandra, Beaners is day one. (laughs) Yeah, It's crazy. It's still like anytime somebody knows the podcast or I'll get a message about the podcast, I'm Mm -hmm. like, whatever. Oh, shout out to the podcast. I'm on that. I'm on one of their episodes recently. But yeah, shout out to the whole Podbelly Network. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy that we're associated to such a great name.
1: Hell yeah. So um, with that said, everybody, make sure you check us out on all social media at Art and Jacob do America, except... For Twitter, we are at Art and Jacob Do A1. So just picture Art and myself basting a turkey with delicious A1 uh, steak sauce and whatnot. Uh, Make sure you um, go to our Patreon. um, You know, donate a dollar. I don't care. Um, Donate something. So help us, you know, keep getting better. If you will notice, our Facebook Live audio quality is a lot better because of the contributions, you know, for Nicole. um, With contributions from, you know, Alex, you know and whatnot so i thank you guys it's all because of you guys that are making this podcast better you guys are a part of this family so uh, shout out everybody that came on this year mr sam Sheeran, steve Choi, fucking ross robinson fucking producer for corn it's been a on. big year it's been a huge year brother and you know i donnie phillips fuck goddamn like it it makes me excited alex for next from year. silver snakes what's yeah, up hell yeah, yeah baby so um, I'm excited for what next year has to bring. and it all it all comes down to the millions and millions of you for telling your mamas and your booboos too, and fucking just listening to us while whatever you do. So uh, with that said, everybody, art, do you have anything else? That's it.
2: See you next episode. Bow, 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 bow. Good
1: night. <laughs> Good night.